are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our special Behind the Geeks episode for Marvel Studios Echo. If you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric Podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for the first episode of 2024, it's Mr. Nate Shelton. How are you, sir? Happy New Year, Justin. That's my kingpin interview er, impression. Is that good? No, <laughs> I, I I thought you were like old man uh, Christmas. I'm really angry, and I'm wishing you a happy new year. And I'm gonna beat you with a car door. That's <laughs> is that better? I don't know. Do you think do you think kingpin celebrates New Year? Do you think he he what do you what do you think he does as like a steak? Probably he lives in New yeah. York, so you know yeah. it's always a good time in New York for the New Year. But who knows? <laughs> uh, who knows what he does? They could do a spotlight of just Kingpin's New Year. Hey, that's what knows? I want to see. I think Marvel, I think... <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> um, Happy New Year, man! Welcome back. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah. It's been a well-deserved break. Uh, we took some time off, posted some episodes throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is officially our first episode of 2024. Uh, we do have a very special episode coming out later this week where we do our look back at 2023 with some of our faves, as well as our look forward for 2024. We talk about all things that we love to talk about, the things that make us geek-centric. So you can look forward to that episode later this week. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to drop our first set of interviews for 2024. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, they were conducted in at the end of 2023. Um, <laughs> Nate, why don't you let our lovely listeners know who you had the chance to talk with? Yeah, I had uh, I had a wonderful time chatting with the cast, director, and executive producer of the show. So that's Devery Jacobs, who plays Bonnie, Chaske Spencer, who plays Uncle Henry, uh, director Sidney Freeland, uh, and executive producer Richie Palmer. Uh, but... I also, I also, but I also had a wonderful chat with Alakwa Cox, Maya Lopez, Echo herself. Um, but we're going to ask that if you want to, uh, if you want to check out that interview, you head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric. We're getting the plugs in early on these podcasts for 2024. But if you want to see her lovely smile, uh, you know, as we talked about, you know, her work on the show, uh, the fight choreography, we talked about her, her new baby boy. Uh, and, uh, we also talked about who she wants to team up with from the MCU, who she'd want Echo to team up with, uh, from the MCU. So definitely go, go check that one out. Yes, definitely go check that out. Uh, we will have a link in our show notes. Uh, but a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada and by extension, Marvel Studio Canada for setting up these interviews. Uh, we were both shocked with the amount of people that we were able to talk with and we are so grateful uh, for the opportunity and uh, we hope you enjoy these interviews. Well, without further ado, here's our interview with the cast, the director and executive producer of Marvel Studios, Echo. Enjoy. Hey, Sydney. My name is Nate. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I get to talk to all you lovely folks, so it's been a good day. Um, I got to start off by saying we here at Geekcentric are head over heels in love 
with Reservation Dogs and your work on that show. And I I loved how it was, you know, not only able to tell uh, an authentic, you know, show an authentic representation of of res life uh, and indigenous culture, but also how it, it taught me so much through the stories of of love and hardship and especially laughter. Um, with with Echo, how do you feel this series is continuing to push forward that same representation? Oh, you know that that's that's interesting. I think I I, I think there's this sort of there's this common misconception about Native American Indigenous people that we're all just sort of like one big monolithic group of people. You know, we all, you know, we all uh, have feathers in our hair. We live in teepees and we have casinos and uh, we don't pay taxes, and uh, which I wish was the case, but it's not. Um, uh, uh, but all those are, are far from far from the truth. You know, there's there's, you know, hundreds of different tribes in the United States alone, different languages, different cultures, different traditions. And so I think one of the great things that I, I love about this series is that we get to explore um, another diverse uh, culture and tribe and tradition. So, you know, like, uh, you know, in the same way that the Reservation Dogs got to explore like kind of, kind of contemporary life and, and embracing the humor that that's like pervasive in Native American communities, uh, we tried to, you know, you know, what's great about our series is that we get to explore the specifics of the Choctaw Nation, which you know, um, I'm sure has been represented on, on film before, but, um, you know, for us, it was all about leaning into the specifics and uh, engaging the Choctaw Nation uh, to tell as authentic a story as possible. Well, and I, I, I absolutely adore that because I, I love how, at least from the episodes I've seen so far, I've seen three, uh, and so far they, they each sort of start off by showing a moment throughout Choctaw Nation history. Um, I want to know, you know, for, for yourself and your team, what what went into the decisions behind focusing on those specific moments within history to share? That's a great question. You know, I think I think it stemmed from our again for myself when I first came on board. One of the first things I wanted to do was was uh, meet with the Choctaw Nation and basically do two things. One was ask their permission. You know, which which sadly is something that is not true. It's not traditionally done in Hollywood uh, mm. when it comes to representing uh, Native Americans. Um, the second thing that was important for me was to create a dialogue. You know, uh, we wanted to be uh, respectful. We wanted to be authentic in our portrayal of the, the culture. But in the process of, of having these conversations and learning, you know, what their, what their history was, what their story was from their perspective, uh, we learned about the things that were important to them. You know, it wasn't second, third, fourth-hand information. It wasn't something that we read in an archaeological text. Um, it was the stories from the Choctaw themselves, you know. So um, I would say our ancestral storylines kind of sprung uh, uh, as a direct result of that collaboration. Well, I'm, I got to say, like, I, I've always loved shows that can entertain me, obviously, but shows that can entertain me and then also get me so interested in their subject matter, Um it's just a, it's just such a plus for me. Um, focusing in on Maya, I, I'd love to know for for your experience as a director, what's it like directing an antihero story uh, in comparison to maybe some of the other protagonists uh, that you've directed in the past? Oh, it's, it's a it's a very it's a very exciting uh, sort of space to be in. You know, um, you know that was one of the things I loved about the character in Hawkeye. You know, she she was a villain. Um, yeah. and in the conversations with Marvel and, and talking about the different ways we could pursue the, the character, like their response was like, let's lean into that. Let's, uh, let's embrace that aspect of her. Let's not shy away from it. Let's push the envelope and see how far we can go with things. 
Um, so that with that as our jumping off point, we really got to, you know, sort of like set a tone that was a little darker, was a little grittier, was a little more street level, was a little more on the violent side. But again, it all stems from story, right? Like we wanted to, uh, we wanted, we didn't want to shy from circumstances, uh, uh, but but in, in doing so, it allowed us to hopefully tell tell a better story. Well, I'm again, I'm loving the series so far. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's 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 again, it's just something that I'm I'm so excited to continue watching. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I just I can't wait to see where the story goes next. And I'm also really looking forward to Res Ball. So uh, hey. I can't wait for that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, picture uh, picture locked. We're working on it as we speak yeah perfect amazing well thank you so much again sydney thank you so much hey richie my name is nate welcome to the geek centric podcast how are you doing today good how are you nate i'm doing well i'm doing well i get to talk to the lovely folks from echo so it's been it's been a good day um i got an easy one to start off for you uh this is marvel's first project under the new spotlight banner uh what does that mean well, <laughs> uh, Maya Lopez, as you know, is a character from the comics, uh, and she is a more obscure character from the comics that kind of came from uh, her own very dark and gritty, violent world in this run of Daredevil comics by Joe Casada and uh, David Mack. And at the time in those comics, they were they were much darker and more violent than anything else that was kind of going on in the comics universe at the time. And you didn't really need to know what was going on in Avengers and Spider-Man at the time to enjoy them. I think we're just trying to honor that and and tell the best story for Maya Lopez that we can, which means uh, she's a little removed from the larger MCU. You're not you're not seeing CG aliens flying around New York City in this one. It's actually just a it's it's small town vibes in Oklahoma. And it's a real character driven story about a, an emotionally complex woman. I love that. I love I love seeing that. We can have both the big, crazy, connected storylines, and then we have these more uh, yeah. character-focused ones. Still in um, the MCU, but just more character-driven and uh, more intimate. Totally. And I mean, but on that, though, within the Disney Plus MCU series that we've gotten so far, do you think there's any others that could fit under that banner or that we might see under that banner one day? Uh, I definitely think you'll see more spotlight characters in the future, again, because there's there's a number of same level of obscurity as Maya Lopez in the comics. You know, a lot of people haven't heard of Maya Lopez before we introduced her in Hawkeye. Uh, I think that's the fun of where we are right now at the studio, that with television we can introduce a number of these characters from the comics that are on Maya's level of obscurity and bring them to the forefront and literally put them in the spotlight in that way. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I've had the chance to watch the first three episodes of the show so far. I absolutely love it. Um, there's there's uh, such an authenticity in every frame of the show. And I, I had read that the team, uh, as well as yourself, worked alongside key members of the Choctaw Nation yeah. every step of the way. What was that like? And was there anything in particular that you learned through that experience? It was amazing. Once, once we decided in the writer's room that Maya would be Choctaw, we created an instant partnership with the Choctaw Nation. Um, we worked directly with Chief Batten, which was an honor to get to work with him. And he allowed us, you know, um, resources that we couldn't believe in and access to his team members that are key historians of Choctaw culture or the language or, you know, down to the food uh, on our sets was was made by real Choctaw people. We had real fry bread that was made by real Choctaw people uh, in the background of these. It was it was unlike anything we've ever done at the studio. And it was all in an effort of just telling the most entertaining story possible about this badass character that was Choctaw. Yeah, I, I, I was saying to Sydney just a moment ago that I I love how this show is a it's so entertaining but it's also so it's so very educational i'm learning yeah. so much 
uh, about uh, about their history, and it's just I, it's it's beautiful. Um, now I know Marvel is obviously careful with spoilers, so this might be tough to answer. But is there a moment or an interaction that you're most excited for fans to see in these next five episodes? Yes, without spoiling anything. There, <laughs> well, there's some awesome fight scenes uh, yeah. in the episodes you watched. There, there's some cool Choctaw specific sequences that uh, I don't think the public has gotten to see yet that stand out for me as some of my favorite parts of the show. And then there's some there's some brutal action sequences in there as well with some awesome music. Um, there's a lot about this show that I am excited for the world to see and see how the fans respond to. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think I know the moments you're, you're talking about, and I think they're so far they're some of my favorite parts of the show. Um, okay, my, my last question here, age-old question. We've gotten to talk to uh, a number of executive producers at Marvel, and all of you seem like just huge Marvel geeks, and we love it. We absolutely love getting to, to chat with fellow geeks. So uh, the age-old question, uh, if you could see Echo team up with anyone in the MCU or in Marvel in general, who would you want to see her team up with? Hmm. I'm going to answer it solely as a comic book fan because of how you teed it up and this has nothing to do with anything at the studio. Otherwise, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> totally. I would like personally to see Maya Lopez team up with someone like Nova because I would love to Whoa. see uh, Choctaws in space. And I think that's how we get there. So so wow. that's my very direct and specific answer to that question. But that is truly my fanfic brain going. So I... Uh, Fanfic or otherwise, that uh, I got, I got, I got chills. I got goosebumps. I love that. Thank you so I'm gonna much. Gonna get in trouble for answering that question. But space, <laughs> space Choctaws is the yes, yeah. Truth. If Kevin's listening, Kevin, don't, don't, don't get upset with Richie. It's, it's, uh, it's you. all in good fun, dude. Thank you so much for having this chat with me. Um, you know, I think uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where the show goes after these first three episodes, and I'm just loving it. I can't wait to see where it goes next. So thank, thank you so you. much. Cheers, buddy. Hey, Devery. Hey, Chaske. My name is Nate. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. How are you both doing today? Awesome. Doing great. How are you? Oh, I get to talk to you lovely folks. So it's been it's been a good day. Um, I, I have to start off by saying, Devery, we here at Geekcentric are head over heels in love with Reservation Dogs. Oh, and thank you. after such an incredible final season, it was just such a delight to see you and as well as your, some of your cast members uh, from that show over here in Echo. Um, I, I no, love how thanks. that show just it shows such an authentic representation of res life and indigenous culture. Uh, my first question is kind of for both of you, though. Um, how do you feel this series continues to push forward that same uh, representation? And Devery, we'll start with you. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of crossover between some of the work that I've done before and with Echo. Um, but I think that it continues conversations. Uh, Echo is a is a really gritty family crime drama and, and film noir. And it follows the character Maya Lopez as she... Um, leaves Oklahoma where she's part of Kingpin's army and and she comes back and ends up having to reconnect with her community and face some of the demons of her past and I play the character Bonnie who is essentially her sister and someone she was incredibly close with in her previous life um and yeah, I think through combating these um stereotypes but also pushing things forward is is at the at the helm of it, just a really human story. Um, people might think that this would be checking boxes of being deaf, indigenous, and featuring somebody who's an amputee. And while those things are there, like the conflict doesn't hinge on that. It's it's not necessarily about that. It's about family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to piggyback on that is that uh, the indigenous community, it almost becomes a character in the series. And 
you get to explore parts of that. And I play Uncle Henry, who uh, is waiting for, or is uh, running uh, Fisk's chapter of his crime syndicate. And when Maya comes in, you know, she throws that world apart. But like what Devery said, this is a this is a series about family, and anyone can relate to that. Anyone can relate to family and the dramas and all that stuff. And I think the audience is going to be really. Uh, I think that'll something they'll bring them in closer and more. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I mean, I love that emphasis on family, and I, I also think it's it's great for the three episodes that we've seen. Um, there are elements to Choctaw Nation history that I've gotten to learn about and and experience for the first time, and so I just think. It's it's fantastic. Um, I've got another question for both of you, and you, you kind of already touched upon it a little bit. Uh, but starting with Chaske, um, you know, Maya comes from you already mentioned a complicated past. Yeah. Uh, for both of your characters, you know, both of them are so rooted in that past and in that history. Uh, how do you feel your characters are influencing Maya at this point in her story? I feel like my character is trying to hold her back and I feel like he's oh, yeah. protective of her. Uh, and he's got a past with her that he's not ready to confront. And I, I don't want to give too much away, but you see the character, you see that happen down in uh, the episodes. But, um, you know, it was, for me, you know, I love stuff like this. You know, I love the drama and I love to play characters like this. So working with Alakwa and doing the scenes for this show was just a gift. Very cool. Yeah. Debbie, how about yourself? I know that... Bonnie and Maya were incredibly close growing up, and uh, Bonnie is somebody who is like a child of deaf adults. She's a coda, and so she signs really well, and that's another way that they're really able to connect. And and when she loses her, it's it's heartbreaking for both of them. But now, as Maya's come back into town, and as the series is progressing, um, some of those some of those past that's haunting Maya include the one with Bonnie and I think for Maya Bonnie kind of represents who she could have been had she not been pulled away to New York and and that Bonnie really represents this light um but o over the the series there's some there, there's definitely like twists and turns and and lots and lots of brutal violence but ultimately end the end of the day it's about reconnection with family I love that. I love that. Um, and speaking of family, that might be part of the answer for my my last question for both of you. Yeah. Um, because I think I think following both your careers, you're you know you're already just so influential. Um, I want to know for for both of you, who is someone that inspires you either daily or throughout your life? Ah, uh, I think for me, the person who inspires me most, um daily and throughout my life is my Duda, is my grandmother. Uh, she was principal of the Mohawk Immersion School growing up. Um, and she's somebody who, whenever, wherever I go, no matter what role I take, no matter what opportunity, I like have to look at myself in the mirror and say like, would my Duda be good with this? Like, would she, uh, <laughs> would she be able to like live with this decision? And if the answer yeah. is yes, then that really dictates me and, and how I go through life. That's awesome. I guess for me, um, I worked with this actor years ago on this show called, or a movie called Winter of the Blood. His name's David Kale. He's a character mm -hmm. actor out of New York City, and he blew me away so much how he operated on set between takes that I, if I ever find myself in some trouble on a set or I'm not getting somewhere, I always ask, what would David Kale do? And uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised that he's one of the, as an unknown actor, but he's a fierce performer, and uh, I always look towards him if I'm in some trouble with what I'm doing. Beautiful. Both uh, sound like excellent uh, compasses 
for for life. So um, listen, thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me. This was a pleasure. I'm I'm in love with this show. It's, it's really oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I just I can't wait to see where your characters go next. So thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And we're back. Bravo. Great interviews. Thanks, As man. always, I love I love the mix of questions that you get. You know, we uh, learn a little bit more from the cast perspective of, you know, what what their characters' motives are. Kind of they, mm-hmm. they were able to talk about s- their characters more in a setup capacity. But then you get deeper, you know, and, and you talk about all the stuff in regards to representation with all yeah. of these interviews because, you know, we, we, our review will be coming out uh, tomorrow uh, at time of listening of this episode, but it'll be out tomorrow. Um, but you know, that's a big, that's a big piece of this show is the, the cultural representation that is just avidly present throughout. Yeah. You can tell that, that every single person on this project had just so much love and care for the source material. And I think hearing Sydney and Richie talk about how, you know, of course, not only did they ask permission, but the, the fact that they sourced the stories and elements not through, you know, an, an, an like old uh, textbook or anything like that. It was directly alongside Chief Batten and the folks uh, from the Choctaw Nation. I think, I think to me, and you know, Sydney uh, has worked on, and I we mentioned I mentioned this in the interview, but worked on Reservation Dogs, and I think this is just another uh, template in terms of how these projects are made for Hollywood that they need to continue to follow. Right, the best people to create these stories about. The you know these specific cultures are the people who live and breathe that culture, uh, and so I think it uh, I think it makes complete sense and just um, yeah and I, I think it was I think it was awesome that they're not just checking off a bunch of checklists that they are they're holistically telling these stories uh, about Maya and uh, and about her family. Yeah, it, you know when you re- reference source material, it's it's not the source material of the comics as much. There is obviously that sure. that exists, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but when you say source material, it's exactly what uh, Sydney mentioned in her interview, where they went to ask permission and also tell the story that the Choctaw Nation wanted to be told, and 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 learning firsthand uh, the the stories from. Uh, their people and I and I love that because like to your point there's more of an authenticity and mm-hmm. as Sydney said it's not something that you would read in like some textbook that they just kind of pulled out no they worked alongside the Choctaw Nation to tell this story with authenticity and with sincerity of being very true and I, I think that that's you know again that's a huge highlight even in the first three episodes that we were fortunate enough to see in preparation for this interview, uh, it's 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 important, uh, not just in the grand scheme of the story, but also to the character of Maya Lopez. Yeah, it, and it it you know it definitely informs her character along the way, and mm-hmm. I think um, you know another aspect of of uh, kind of growing from and 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 growing from inspiration. You know, t- talking to Devery and hearing her bring up her her grandmother as her inspiration. Mm-hmm. I think you can see how much, how much she is taking after her grandmother uh, who had and still has a, a huge impact with the, the Mohawk immersion school program. And I think you can sort of see it every step of her career. And in preparing for these interviews, I like to kind of, I like to do my homework. I like to dig deep and go down the rabbit hole of some of our guests. And I mean, we were already huge fans of Devery, so it was awesome to get to talk to her. But, uh, but you know, I think, so far from just everything that I've seen of her career, um, every step of the way, she's just consistently working on projects that get people talking and that are authentically her. 
And I think that's that's, you know, how can you go wrong? Yeah, absolutely. They're authentically her. They're important to her. They're mm-hmm. creating a dialogue that I think is something that she passionately is invested in, who is so passionate about Mohawk representation and, and just the culture kind of living beyond that, you know, in in a different way. Devery is taking her role as an as an actress and as a storyteller and, and making sure that she's telling very authentic, true stories that she's passionate about. It's obviously not on the same level of work that her her grandmother's doing, but in another way, in, an, in a whole other facet, it's still informing and inspiring, uh, you know, these stories and, and t- making sure that they're they're done with a- accuracy and authenticity. There's more of an approach to being culturally accurate rather than just you know, looking at a book and trying to make things up. And as Sydney says, you know, Indian dances and feathers and stuff like that. Those are so sure. uh, stereotypical, right? So breaking yeah. that mold. Yeah, you'd really you would really hope that as a as a society and as a, an industry that Hollywood has hopefully moved on from from a lot of that. I think um, I want to shout out uh, Chaske. Um, you know, shout out to him for for also like, I think a lot of people might look at someone who's maybe not necessarily in the acting game uh, as prevalently as much anymore. Um, but for him to call out his his, you know, fellow co- uh, fellow co-star um, and uh, David Kale and and talk about his work and what he respects about it. I think that's always that's always fantastic when you can have the opportunity to uh, to bring up and and kind of highlight uh, another person's career. Um, mm-hmm. But I also wanted to just jump on uh, just really quick to talk about Richie uh, talking about um, the Choctaws in space. Uh, his suggestion for Nova uh, teaming up with Echo. I mean, be cool. If that doesn't get your geek yeah. blood pumping, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what, what would. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely, I, I very interested with that response. Uh, obviously, he was pretty hesitant. I, I think it goes without saying there's a lot of different stories that are in development. Yeah. So, you know, so like I think he, he, any name he brings up, he's like, oh, somebody's working on that. They're going to get that. I know. At me. Like, that's they, he probably knows. <laughs> but, like, again, he is a fan. And I love that you teed it up in, in the right way that he was able to respond in, in, a, in a geeky fan thicky brain uh so I, I love i love that idea yeah man um and and just lastly before we wrap up um i know we still want people to watch the interview with alakwa uh on youtube but as a tease um i also asked her who she would want echo to team up with i'm not going to say who she chooses you're going to have to go over to the youtube uh version to see that uh but she does mention flying around with certain characters and that she could use Echo's unique powers for that, which again, you have to kind of wonder like what kind of powers is she going to have on this show? But it's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting mention. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We can see. For sure. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, that is it for this special Behind the Geeks episode for Marvel Studios Echo. Again, a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada uh, and Marvel Studios Canada for setting up these interviews in advance. Uh, We were humbled and honored to have such a uh, large group of people from this show to actually interview and speak with. So thank you again. Uh, As we mentioned, there is a YouTube video for our interview with Alakwa Cox, a.k.a. Maya Lopez. Uh, It's on our YouTube channel, which we will be putting a link in the show notes so you can get there a little bit faster. We will also have our spoiler-free review for Marvel Studios Echo dropping tomorrow, January 9th, 
at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. And keep in mind that all episodes of Echo will be dropping on Disney Plus January 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Also, later this week, we will have a full spoiler discussion about the series where we share our thoughts on all five episodes and how it fits into the MCU as part of this new Marvel Spotlight banner. But that's it for us. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, if you want to reach out to us, let us know how we're doing. Uh, you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter, or formerly Twitter, now known as X, at GeekcentricYT, or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. We'll also have our Discord open for Echo, so you can chat a little bit more with us about that, some highlights. Um, and please, if you enjoy what we're doing, we really want to uh, get our reviews up, so we would love to hear your thoughts. Five stars goes a long way. Uh, 2024 is just beginning. First of many interviews, hopefully. We're here. I, I'm, we're here. We did it. We're ready to go. Uh, stay tuned for more. But until then, as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.